a lot of blame going towards the offense for the lackluster performance against Arizona, but you have to blame everybody for that terrible performance against the Wildcats. I'll tell you why here in Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's your favorite host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. You can find me at Zach and Yox. Thanks for tuning in. Locked on UCLA. It's free. We get your podcast, your team every day. Thanks for making your first listen each and every day. And you can find it on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe. This episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling TV's got the UCLA SC matchup this weekend on Fox. Go check it out. Sling TV, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Well, we'll try and dissect this not awful performance by the Bruins against Arizona at the worst possible time of the season. We're going to start by slamming the offense. No other way to put it. Arizona, through the UCLA game, still is allowing 37 points per game. UCLA couldn't even come close to that, snapping a streak of 12 straight games for the Bruins, dating back to last season, where UCLA had scored at least 30 points in 12 consecutive. The last time the Bruins did not score 30 or more, at Utah last year, a team won the Pac-12 without Dorian Thompson-Robinson in Salt Lake City. Eh, that's a forgivable one. Against the Wildcats, not forgivable as we lay into a UCLA team who, against one of the worst defenses in the Pac-12, one of the worst rushing defense in the Pac-12, the Bruins still ran the football for over 200 yards. And what's interesting is that a lot of people bring in it, hey, UCLA really missed Kaz Allen. And funny enough, Kaz Allen actually hadn't done too much overall offensively, in my eyes, until the Arizona State game, where he blew up with a big performance with Charbonnet out. You bring Charbonnet back in, who puts in 180 yards, three touchdowns on the ground, trying to lead his team somewhat individually to victory. No Kaz Allen losing that special teams returner, losing the spectacular change of pace, big speed type of either back, guy in the slot, receiver out wide, whatever it is. He was missed, but still doesn't mean UCLA should have only put up 28 against an Arizona defense that had allowed 45 or more in four straight games. Five times this season, Arizona had allowed 45 or more in a game this year. And for the Bruins, they picked the worst time to put up a goose egg. Overall in this one, UCLA, for the first time, for the second time all season, for the second time all season, get outgained in yards per play. UCLA against Arizona when it comes to yards per play. Arizona averaged seven yards per play. UCLA's offense with their lowest season total of 6.11 yards per play. 6.1 yards per play. Not even against Oregon did the Bruins struggle that bad. They had six and a half yards per play. Even against South Alabama, where the Bruins had to eke it out late, UCLA averaged 6.3 yards per play. Against Arizona, their worst yards per play churned out. And the Bruins, despite running the football, something that they had really been successful in all season long, converting on third downs. Last week against Arizona State, the Bruins put up 
9 of 11 on third down conversions. Even against Stanford when UCLA was only 5 of 15, what the Bruins do? 5 of 5 on fourth down to account for that. Against Arizona, UCLA pretty porous, 4 for 12. That's tied for the lowest amount of third down conversions the Bruins have had this year at the worst rate. And fourth down did not help them. I know the last play of the game happened on fourth down, but it's pretty apropos with the Bruins going 2 of 5 on fourth down, not atoning for what usually is grinded out drives very quickly, though, but building success. UCLA's offense, despite technically outgaining Arizona 465 to 436, you have to think of it, that last minute drive for the Bruins, where they put up an extra 40 to 50 yards to really just kind of outgain the Wildcats, the Bruins got to the red zone the fewest amount of times that they'd had this season. Yeah, UCLA put up 28 points, but in terms of red zone efficiency, UCLA got to the red zone only three times. While they were efficient, did the Bruins score three touchdowns? It was a pretty poor performance because Arizona game-planned apparently just well enough for a UCLA attack that did not have it to move down the field. It was the first time UCLA struggled getting into the red zone, you would have thought maybe UCLA got to the red zone and struggled and didn't score from there. No, it was UCLA's inability to get there consistently, only putting up 28 points. When you're down 14 nothing out of the jump, down at half, and despite the lead in the fourth quarter where it seemed like, all right, let's go, Bruins got this. They're up 28-24 to before a touchdown from Arizona and a field goal late, which we'll touch on in a moment. It was UCLA who could not simply move the football. My grade for this UCLA offense is going to be the worst. It's been all season long. Once we tell you some offensive individual statistics, DTR 245 and a touchdown, 26 for 39. He was sacked three times. So the offensive line didn't really hold him up as much as they had been all season long. Charbonnet, of course, 180 yards on the ground. But they really limited DTR to a net gain of 24 yards rushing after you consider he lost 21 yards rushing. They even tackled Zach Charbonnet for a a rushing yard loss of one, which is something most teams haven't been able to do all season long. Find Charbonnet and tackle him for lost yardage when running the football. And then, of course, no Keegan Jones, no Kaz Allen. So the Bruins had to use Colson Yankoff for a couple of carries for 15 yards. And Dorian's 11 carries didn't produce as much offensively as he did against Arizona State or as efficient or as important as they were in other games. DTR, don't want to really blame this all on DTR, but he only averaged 2.2 yards per carry with 11 carries. Wasn't the most efficient. A lot of people are going to point to that last pass play of the game where it looked like Jake Bobo was wide open in the end zone where still against a bad defense, they could have eked it out at the end. Even watching it live, it didn't seem like UCLA had a better chance making that last play, but re-watching it, they were that close to having a Hail Mary, you know, from 30 yards out practically, miracle finish, which could have set up a top 10 matchup against SC. Well, instead, the Bruins found themselves on the wrong foot because Hudson Habermill, the only receiving touchdown of the day, three receptions, 60 yards, Bobo, Mostly kept in check, five receptions, 60 yards. Cam Brown, three receptions, 58 yards. Zach Charbonnet, 
nine receptions, but only 38 yards. So they really limited the Bruins in the passing game, which is the difference between UCLA moving the football and when it came down to forcing passing situations, they couldn't convert third downs, even the fourth downs. And when the Bruins finally clicked offensively, when they finally did, it was a little bit too late and the defense just couldn't hold up the score. And when the Bruins needed to go right back, answer that Arizona go-ahead touchdown drive, the Bruins did not. They got stopped, did get the second opportunity. But overall, there's no way in most games you would say 28 points. That's not horrible. But for UCLA's offense and what they're built to do under Chip Kelly, this is a D-plus performance considering who they're playing. What was on the line, considering an hour and a half earlier, Oregon losing at home to Washington, which kind of cleared the path for the Bruins, who still now need help to win the Pac-12, and they could have had a big-time matchup against SC, which is still important, but the Bruins' D-plus performance offensively. Not good whatsoever with your lowest yards per play, worst third-down conversion rate, and least amount of trips to the red zone. No other way to put it with a 28-point performance against a horrible Arizona defense that came to play and kept the Bruins off the game after DTR's one fumble, the only turnover. That was the only difference against the likes of Arizona. We've bashed the offense, and we'll bash the defense. And in the meantime, you know, inflation is hitting us where it hurts. It's got us thinking about cutting back. Unfortunately, the Bruins, well, they cut back offensively. Didn't cut back defensively, but whether you're driving less or dining out less or buying less from grocery stores, there's nothing fun about less, including less wins. That's why you can start using Upside. It's an incredible app for anybody who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, you don't have to cut back because you can get cash back on every purchase. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Once again, in comparison to credit card rewards, loyalty programs, you can earn three times or more cash back with Upside. Again, it's a free Upside app. Download it now. Use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, the promo code LOCKED, and you can get $5 or more on your first purchase of $10 or more and start earning cash back today. Well, the Bruins can't get that cash back for their lack of support defensively for the offense, which did not come to play. And sometimes You've got to continue finding ways to win games. As UCLA had been, you're in Locked On UCLA. Thanks for tuning in. As we continue our grades of UCLA versus Arizona. They dropped it 34-28, giving pretty porous Arizona team a win they, you know, deserved, but the Bruins should not have given them. UCLA defensively. Sometimes the defense has to win games, and while they say offense wins games, defense wins championships, cliche, 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 the defense has to step up, and as I mentioned throughout the week, Jane Delora, one of the leading passing leader, one of the passing leaders amongst the nation, technically second in the Pac-12 because of Washington's Michael Penix Jr., and for the Bruins, they got to Michael Penix Jr., they sacked him for a rare time when they played Washington, forced two interceptions from Penix Jr., what did Jaden Delore do against this Bruins defense? 22 for 28. Two touchdowns, a long of 48. And while the Bruins did sack him three times, they forced no turnovers against a slightly turnover-prone 
Jaden Delora, who came in with eight interceptions amongst the top 20 worst quarterbacks in terms of turning it over, because usually Arizona had found themselves behind in games. Dating back to the keys that I mentioned on that Thursday episode, UCLA would love to jump ahead first. Don't let Arizona linger. Well, they lingered because Arizona jumped out to a 14-0 lead, which is exactly what they needed to do. Doesn't need to play from behind against a good rushing defense at UCLA rush attack. Arizona came out, got the, got the score, stop score, 14-0. Blink of an eye, now the Bruins are playing from behind. And every, every downtrodden Bruins fan kind of looked and said, oh, here we go again. And it was one of those days where the defense just could not do it when it counted. I think the most, the most typical, just the, the big play that encapsulated it all. It was third and 18 after the big sack of Jaden Delora. And UCLA, all they had to do was keep Arizona from gaining 10 yards. It was a two plays back-to-back that set up the game-winning touchdown. Third and 18, Jaden Delora running back and forth in a Ship Kelly's presser. He said, well, they, we don't feel like the defense was bad. Of course, remember, Bill McGovern, again, not there in person the third straight game he's missed being there in person at the wrong time of the season. The Bruins had done just fine in recent weeks. They probably may would have needed him in the building on Saturday. But Chip Kelly said, well, Jaden Delore scrambled, which as many Bruins fans have already pointed out, who is the best scrambling quarterback in making something out of nothing this year across the nation? Well, one would point the finger towards one Caleb Williams across town, who UCLA faces this week right after they shot Jaden Delore running around back and forth time and time again, very efficient when throwing the football, 22 for 28. That's 79% if you're rounding up, 78 point, 78%, 78.5%. Completed close to 80% of his throws, didn't turn it over, and they found ways to hit their two of their three big receivers and get a nice day from the running attack. Michael Wiley, who almost put up 100 yards, when he usually averages 50 yards a game. Michael Wiley with a touchdown in the air, touchdown on the ground. Jacob Cowling, 118 yards, their leading receiver, nine receptions. or And then Dorian Singer, 83 yards. And then Teteroa McMillan catching a touchdown, one of a couple touchdown tosses from Jaden Delora. as He had a rushing score as well. Delora running for only negative three yards because of the negatives for the Bruins with the sacks and all that, but just his scrambling ability, his ability to maneuver the pocket and UCLA's inability to bring him down, that third and 18, looked like they had him stopped, had no nobody open. He raced, got about 14 yards on third and 18, and then in fourth and fourth, the Bruins could have got a stop, whatever it may be, game could have been over there. Instead, not only does he keep the play live again, finds a man open for a touchdown, and that gives Arizona the lead. Right when UCLA had this game, when they were leading in the fourth quarter, and again, those are the two plays, which pretty much set themselves up for disaster and for falling flat on their face, which the Bruins did. It's just what happened for the Bruins, as you can put more blame on the offense than you can on the defense. But either way, if you include the special teams disaster with the blocked field goal far mirror in the second half, I believe a 45-yarder. People mentioning the missed points in the first half, the missed points in the second half, that's a six-point miss. 
whatever it is, the block field goal if it was made, UCLA would have been in field goal position at the end of the game, attempting what would have been a game-tying field goal to force overtime. Of course, that changes the game in different dynamics. Either way, points were left on the board for the UCLA offense. Special teams, you get a blocked field goal, that's never a good thing. I'm going to give you a D plus. You get a defense against, you know, what was a prolific passing attack for Arizona, although that hasn't helped them in winning games for the majority of the season. The defense has to get a D plus. And for the offense, it has to be a D plus. So again, in the end of this story, it, the blame falls on all parties. It falls on all parties because someone's got to step up when no when one side of the ball is not having a good day. Get the blocked field goal. Another kick that was blocked to UCLA well, was week one. Blocked kicks, missed opportunities. The defense couldn't step up when they needed to. And all day long, Arizona put up 34 points. UCLA's offense couldn't even match it. Even though I see all the hate on social media about how UCLA should have been able to match it offensively. Absolutely. That's true. But still, sometimes the defense needs to get that one stop when you got it third and super long, fourth down, you get that stop, and then you hand it off to Charbonnet, and maybe the Bruins could have iced out that game from there, which is what they did against Washington, what they did against Arizona State, running the football down. Of course, mostly Kaz Allen and DTR against ASU, against Washington, a lot of Charbonnet and a QB keeper with DTR. And instead, it was just a poor performance for the Bruins, which doesn't get passing in any facet of the game because every single way you can look at the tape, the Bruins did something wrong. There were individual highlights, sure, but nothing that warranted something worth of passing grade quality. And they have to be not only good, better. They have to be a lot better to face USC, who's cross town, snickering, laughing. And the funny thing is, Many Bruins fans, even myself included, could have thought, all right, there's one game where UCLA might slip up and look absolutely stupid. Maybe the errors. And the funny thing is you would have circled all the signature ones at ASU, right? Maybe the Black Friday at Cal after the USC game. But maybe the most obvious was the Arizona game before the USC game, which was the fall flat on your face UCLA performance that some may have been expecting it didn't seem like these Bruins were going to fall like most. Unfortunately, they did. And now it's just up to the Bruins fans and us included to all look forward and get them to get ready to beat SC. I know the Locked On USC show is already talking trash. Well, we'll be ready the rest of this week to talk trash about SC and UCLA getting right at it. But overall, D pluses all around for the UCLA game against the likes of Arizona. No way, shape to put it. We'll talk basketball, a little preview of Norfolk State, and a recap of UCLA, Long Beach State, before we get into the week and highlight the UCLA-SE battle for the victory bell. But not before we tell you this week's thrilling moments in college football, brought to you by Nissan. You know, it is college football. We'd like to grab basketball. It's just going to be Zach Charbonnet because he's a beast. He comes back after missing a week. 180 yards and three scores. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup for Nissan is intended to empower drivers in vehicles that's capable as the driver themselves. Let me think about unbelievable abilities on the field. For this week's throwing moment, of course, as I just mentioned, it's Zach Charbonnet, who is just a beast. There's no other guy to other individually highlight than Zach Charbonnet, who will make some NFL team hopefully happy for many years following his UCLA career. And he should be appreciated appropriately 
once he takes on, as the Bruins do, USC on senior day. Even highlight some DTR and stuff, but, you know, Zach Charbonnet is this week's thrilling moment because he is just a beast. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Wrapping up the podcast today, we will go into the likes of UCLA basketball for just a brief moment. Why not? UCLA 2-0, still top 10. Can't, why not be excited with Mick Cronin and company? And if we did skate by that basketball game, UCLA Friday night, late night in Pauley Pavilion, taking on Long Beach State as the Bruins are in the midst of taking on two one regular season conference champion at a mid-major level, and then Norfolk State, a team who went to the tournament last year in the Monday night battle against Norfolk State. So back to UCLA's game against Long Beach, I detailed the Bruins game against the beach saying UCLA should put up upper 80s to 90s and score the basketball without a slow start. Well, the Bruins did mostly just that. One offensively shooting Overall for the game, UCLA 47%, just about after a little rough first half. The Bruins shooting 54% in the second half, 36% from three after an ice-cold three-point shooting performance in the second half. But UCLA putting in 40 of 93 points on the paint, 14 of 17 made free throws after a bad game one against Sac State when it comes to free throw shooting. And again, Jalen Clark who mentions wanting to get that single-season steal record, single-game steal record of how he's dominant defensively. Five assists, four steals, seven rebounds, 16 points. Absolute stud is also Tiger Campbell crossed the 1,000 career points plateau when he put up 18. He only needed four against Long Beach, puts in 18 to lead all Bruins scores. And Amari Bailey... 14 points, five rebounds, slowly feeling his way in the D1's college basketball ranks, despite leading the Bruins, did Bailey, in turnovers with five. Jaime Hawkins Jr., 12 points, 4-14 shooting, not his best night. But again, UCLA getting a three-point shooting, really picked things up from the likes of David Singleton. 14 points off the bench, that energetic Superman off the bench as a Dembona also can't forget his Bruin career debut officially after missing game one. Bona, four points or four four shooting, eight points, eight boards in 18 minutes to start this one. And he had three personal fouls, only turned it over once. And again, the sheer athleticism for the Bruins was what really did this one in. Against the leading scorer for the beach from their previous season, Joel Murray, who UCLA saw twice last year because of the COVID scheduling. He was shooting 3 of 14 with 10 points. So it's nice to see UCLA offensively post 90 points, 93 to 69, the victory at home, not leaving the beach in it. And overall, when you point to the team's leading scores, well, they mostly kept them with terrible shooting percentages. Jadon Jones, Joel Murray, those guys shooting way well below 40% for the game. The Bruins holding Long Beach State to shooting 36%. Overall, 28% from three, and UCLA, in the end, forcing 17 turnovers and scoring 25 points off those turnovers. Defense can lead to offense sometimes, and when you can score the basketball, as sometimes as purely as the Bruins can, that's going to lead to some easy victories, 
including some of these early mid-major home games before the Bruins go to Vegas this upcoming weekend and have some big potential power matchups initially against Illinois, and then we'll see what the rest of the schedule looks like after that. Now against Norfolk State, UCLA, 2-0 against the 2-1 Norfolk State, who hasn't beaten any D1s yet. They won two easy cupcakes at home, did Norfolk State. Then the Spartans, who last year went to the tournament, lost to Baylor, actually went to Baylor this year and lost by 17 in their most recent matchup within eight at halftime. So what kind of kept it close and respectable throughout the rest of that game. And they're led in scoring by Joe Bryant Jr. Remember that name. He's a fifth year. He's from Norfolk, Virginia. 6'1 guard. Just put up 24 points, six boards against Baylor. And for UCLA defensively, they just shut down Long Beach State's two leading scorers. So it would be Joe Bryant Jr. as a guy to look at for Norfolk State, technically, going forward. If you look at their individual stats, of course, depending on who they play, it's not not all good competition. And one person, and Jack Dombia has played one game. So between guys who have played two or more games for the likes of Norfolk State, they have five guys who are averaging 10 points or more, technically six, but overall five guys with people who have either started or played more than one game have averaged five or more, have averaged 10 or more points. So this is a Norfolk State team averaging close to 80 points per game as they're trying to find ways to score the basketball and put it in the basket, excuse me, not 70 points per game, 88 points per game. I misspoke there. 88 points per game. This Norfolk State offense is going so far, going in comparison. The one thing that Baylor did against Norfolk State, they limited the threes. Norfolk State, game one, game two, uh, closer to 50% from three against Baylor. They really struggled shooting from the field, only shooting 50% overall, but still from the three-point land, it's where they truly struggled. Baylor, 87 points. If the Bruins can score 80, most likely Norfolk State can't keep up. So big things for the Bruins against Norfolk State, which is one, see which freshman wants to step up. I want to see Bona have a nice physical game down low in the paint, score double figures, get that double-double that he can do and impose his will down low. And for Bailey, as one of those freshmen, cut down those turnovers, bring it down, shoot a little bit better efficiency, and which other UCLA player is going to step up? Of course, Hawkes had his best shooting night the game before against Long Beach. See if he can get those totals up. And then Jalen Clark, steal counter every time. How many times is he going to get four or more steals in a game? And I know there's the assist to turnover ratio as a stat. Let's see what Jalen Clark's steal to turnover ratio is. Game one wasn't so good because he turned it over quite a bit in addition to his steals. Game two, a lot better. Let's see how many steals to the amount of turnovers he gives back. That's a nice little stat to see what happens moving forward. In the meantime, UCLA, if they come out, unlike the football team, and play well and play together, albeit it's a little different in college basketball with the amount of upsets we've seen, both against the Pac-12, with Oregon getting demolished at home by UC Irvine. So the Bruins can't take this team too lightly, Norfolk State. But then you have Colorado, who lost at home, and then goes and beats a top 10, top 11 SEC team in Tennessee and knocks them down. So the Pac-12 already looking up and down. SC, they're talking trash. Well, hey, remember, Florida Gulf Coast went and smacked them opening night in the Galen Center. 
so they can shut up and hopefully the football team go shut them up for the second straight year, maybe put up 60. Who knows? UCLASC week, the battle for the victory, Bill. We are excited for football game week this week and multiple big games for the Bruins this week in the basketball front. We'll have it all on Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making it your first listen. In the meantime, go check out Locked On Sports Today. Make that your second listen. They've got big game recaps, big stories, big ones today, and also they have their take of the day. This is for Locked On UCLA, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. As we're saying so long, we'll get your hands in the air, Bruins fans. Some reason to be happy, other reasons not. Get those hands in the air. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. UCLA, fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.